Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of day it happens to be. We're excited and thankful that you are listening and joining in with us here on the Hope Rising Ministries podcast, where we love to talk about Jesus apologetics and life. Um, my name is Alex, and with me is Trey. Good morning, Trey. How's it going, man? Hey, Alex. What's going on, man? Uh, you know, not a whole lot. Uh, been a been a pretty you know decent week i guess overall and uh except for the fact been been fighting ants around the house um or particularly in one section of the house for feels like two or three days now trying to get them out of here but uh but outside of that man it's been been going pretty good how about your week um ant fighting huh yeah yeah wow ant fighting and it seems like, like a, ant I mean, fighting is like mice fighting you know you, yeah, you don't see them, and all of a sudden you're like, "Oh my gosh!" One yeah. just screws across the floor, or you go, "Oh my gosh!" They're they're coming in through the window. Mm-hmm. Like man, and it really it, it really does feel like a freaking like battle or something because you like fight them back, and you think you got them all. And then, you know, you're you're good for, you know, a couple hours. You keep checking. Everything seems all right. And then six, seven hours later, you find, you know, more trying to come back in. And you're just, like, constantly trying to push them back. It's quite yep. frustrating. Yep, yep. <clears throat> yeah, I'm, I'm my uh, ant fighting days go back a long way, you know. So, And I, I don't really have any advice to tell you except, you know – just got to be diligently get, get somebody to come spray your house or something. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, if if you're uh, if you're if you're listening and you have a great anti ant formula, let us know yeah. so we can yeah. we can get on that because I still fight ants as well. Um, yeah, yeah. We had a had a pretty good week out. Uh, oh, hello, hello, peoples. What's going on? But um, I had a pretty good pretty good week uh, at work. Um, Relatively uneventful. Um, I think uh, I think my daughter will probably be sleeping the next four days in a row. <laughs> she had a volleyball tournament yesterday that was an all-day event. I mean, all day. And, you know, they have a pretty good squad. Um, and, and I think there were, I don't know, 14, 15 teams there. And uh, they actually won the whole thing. I was, I was very proud of her, and she played well, you know. And uh, you know that's pretty competitive, man. It's, yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm sitting there going, wow. I'm glad I'm not out there, you know. Right. I could play volleyball yeah. if you paid me. But, um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I, I shoot, man. I when I grew up, you um, you 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 didn't start playing baseball till you were twelve. I mean, there weren't, there was no coach's pitch. There was no t-ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you had to wait till you know. I couldn't wait till I was twelve. I get to play baseball. You know, right, and yeah. um, and and you 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 didn't get um like trophies unless you won. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right. I yeah, mean, yeah. really? I mean, I don't understand what that means. How people just get participation trophies? I don't. I don't get that. I I, yeah. I don't care. I just don't understand it. <clears throat> yeah yeah so 
Yeah, so, no, you know, I, a, lot, I, a lot of the girls got participation trophies just because they showed up or something. I'm like, what is going right, on? Yeah, yeah, like but, a team yeah, a trophy just for you know getting on the bus and and you know making it there or something. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <clears throat> Which I can, you know, uh, that could be a, a another uh, topic for discussion that I'm sure we could we could really dig into as well. But nah, uh, we probably lose listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> because my old school opinion would uh, may not go over well with certain people. I'm telling you right now. Yeah, yeah. No, I could probably get on board with with that that thought as well. But congrats to congrats to Robin and to the the team. That's awesome. You know. Yeah, yeah. Be able to, to walk away from about a 14, 15 team tournament and win. That's that's pretty awesome. Yep, that was. Pretty awesome. She played so and well. I can imagine being being quite exhausted and uh, tired as well, because I'm sure they they played, you know, several times to be able to win. So let, let me tell you real quickly. Um, before before she got into volleyball, <clears throat> I got her into golf. Mm-hmm. So, and 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 there's a program called First Tee, mm-hmm. and it's um it's a it's a pretty good program that that gets kids into golf. And she was a natural. I mean, she had the hand-eye coordination, and she's ambidextrous too, right? She she eats and writes and bats and plays golf left-handed, but she kicks and plays volleyball and all the other stuff right-handed. Yeah. So the the guys at first tee said, "Don't don't let her get out of golf. She is is good, and she." If she keeps at it, she'll she'll be able to go to any university of her choice. Yeah. And I was like, "What?" I said, "Yeah, the 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 colleges are 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 wanting you know female golfers. They they don't they're they're craving female golfers, and she's got it. Mm-hmm. And then then you know it wasn't a year later. She's like, "Dad, I don't want to play golf anymore." I was like, "No, <laughs> don't make me pay for school." <laughs> but uh she says i want to play volleyball which you know she's good at that too yeah but a lot of girls play volleyball and the scholarship opening uh, openings aren't as available as as golf but right you know what am i gonna say you know no you can't you have to play golf yeah so yeah. you know you know all her all her cousins all the all the all them play played volleyball and she wanted to do it too and she's good at it and uh so there you go no golf. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe maybe she'll be one of the one of the few that get that scholarship for for uh, volleyball though. Um, you never know. But yep. yeah, now I can can totally understand uh, the uh, the scholarships for golfers and just the you know the uh, the opportunities there are you know, pretty open. Yep. Um, it seems like these days it's, it's a pretty big deal. If, if you're really good at it and you want to, you know, do that kind of thing in college, uh, it really does seem to to pretty much allow you to go to a vast majority that, that offer, you know, that actually do college golf. Yep. She but, goes, yeah, uh, she goes, this is what she said. This is her life. She goes, well, what if, uh, what if I get a scholarship to Clemson and I win? Because, look, 
for the for the hearers and, and listeners, I went to Carolina mm. and, and not North Carolina. So <laughs> so there's a big rivalry between Carolina and Clemson. Okay. So so whatever. So so she wants to dig me, right? What if I get a scholarship from Clemson? And I went, Well, if you do, I'll jacket and come watch you play golf. Okay. I mean, right. just, I mean, I'm your dad. So, you know, blood runs thicker than water, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that would, that would be hard to do, but, uh, but yep, no, I totally get it. Be there cheering, uh, cheering her on. Yep. Well, um, you gotta be kind of quiet in golf, so I can't cheer real loud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's true. You don't really have to, you know, get too vocal about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just gotta, gotta stand there and, you know, golf clap. So. That's right. That's right. That wouldn't be. Too, I guess that'd be the easier route than than having to sit in the stands and actually cheer for that's right for a Clemson team. <laughs> uh, but well, if you're if you're joining us for the first time, we're so excited to have you here um, and thankful that you've you've tuned in for this episode, and we're um, excited for what we have in store and, and what God's going to do through this episode. If you if you want to follow along, if you have scripture uh, and you have your Bible open uh, and you want to follow along or, you know, on a tablet or a computer or your phone, we'll be in um, Matthew chapter 16 this morning as we kind of walk through this. But uh, it, it, this is different than what we've you know talked about the past few weeks. Um, so if you want to, you know, kind of hear what we've been discussing in Mark. Um, in a couple different chapters and across the last uh, three or four weeks, definitely go back and listen to those episodes within. Uh, we would certainly encourage that. And, you know, so if you're you're joining us today for the first time, you're not missing anything. You can pick right up right here and uh, and be on track with us for what we'll walk through today in uh, Matthew chapter 16. But. We're going to start in, in verse one and kind of talk about um, what's happening here. And we'll walk through it a couple verses at a time and, and unpack it and break it apart. But the first uh, four verses I'm going to read through and then we'll come through and, and actually talk about. But um, So I'm going to go ahead and read that real quick. Uh, Matthew 16, uh, starting at verse one, says the Pharisees and Sadducees came to Jesus and tested him by asking him to show them a sign from heaven. He replied, when evening comes, you say it will be fair weather, for the sky is red and in the morning. Um, today it will be stormy, for the sky is red and overcast. You know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but you cannot interpret the signs of the time. A wicked and adulterous generation looks for a sign but none will be given it except the sign of Jonah. Jesus then left them and went away. All right. So right here, just in these, you know, four verses, there's a lot to unpack and actually, you know, dive into. So um, first off, you know, just right here in verse one, we see it's the, again, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Um, the like most religious at the time, the ones who, you know, understand 
scripture that they have. They know it. They teach it. They, you know, are are leaders in the synagogues and in the religious circles and um, are really supposed to be the, you know, religious leaders for the the Israelites and for the Jews. Um, But they don't believe Jesus is who he says he is. So if you've never you know, heard of who the Pharisees or the Sadducees were. I mean, they are the ones who consistently throughout Scripture oppose Jesus and challenge him and and ask for, for signs and try to test him and, and even at times try to catch him in something that he says so that they can, you know, arrest him or, or accuse him of something that he's done. Uh, so they constantly are, are pressing him. And, and really trying to trip him up. And so what we we see here is where they're they're asking him again for a sign. And um, Trey, if you want to kind of unpack what else is, is going on here and Jesus's response to them. Yeah. Um, so if 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 you've been listening to um, our, our our talks on in Mark. When when he when he lands on the shore, this is right before they feed the five thousand, right? Mm. Which actually were probably ten thousand. He, it says Mark Mark writes that he had compassion on them yep. because they were um, a people without a shepherd. They mm-hmm. were like sheep without a shepherd, and the fat the Pharisees and the Sadducees were the shepherds. They were the ones that were supposed to be teaching them um, God's way, right? And and they they botched it. They they've they've completely come unglued because it's all about them, mm-hmm. and it's not about the people. And the. In order for them to have the gumption to come up to to the Son of God to test Him, um, really lets you know that it is all about them, and they don't they don't give a tinker's darn. You know, they don't care. Yeah. And so they want a sign, right? Um, you know, that kind of reminds me, or kind of it kind of that people don't change you know throughout the Mm -hmm. years and throughout the centuries people are still looking for a sign you know like okay if god is real Mm -hmm. if this thing you're talking about this this salvation thing this this faith thing this hope thing this jesus thing that you're talking about if it's real then show me you know like give me a sign yeah and and jesus says look you know how to you can even tell if it's going to rain or not. And he's talking to the, to the leaders of the, the nation of Israel, right? These, these are the guys who are the legislature, you know, the Israel was, is a, is a religious state, mm-hmm. right? Now where we live, there's a separation between church and state. Right, but here it's the same thing. So he says, if 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 you if you can 
interpret if it's going to rain or not. But but you can interpret scripture. You've studied it so much and you can't even interpret scripture because what's going on right now, right before your eyes is what the prophets of old wrote about over and over and over. Oh man. Yeah. Right. But he says something very interesting. Look at verse four, an evil and adulterous generation. All right. So, I know things today are going crazy. You, you, you sit here and read, oh, well, I know what an evil and adulterous generation is because I'm in it. Well, it hadn't changed. Mm-hmm. People are inherently evil and adulterous in the heart. The only thing that can change that is Jesus Christ himself. But he says, for that generation, for those people who don't know how to read scripture, who is all about them, and you are on the road to disaster, you're not getting a sign. Yeah. Except for the sign of Jonah. Come on. Come on. Right? So um, what in the world is the sign of Jonah? So, you know, you, you know, I, I would, I would, suggest that if you're listening to this podcast that you hit the pause button and go read Jonah. It's only like four chapters. It'll take you 10 minutes. Yeah. Let's go read Jonah. Very yeah. interesting. <laughs> Very interesting. So really, really quick. God comes to Jonah and says, Hey, I need you to go to Nineveh, which is a huge city, huge city. And I need you to tell them that they need to repent and start following me or I'm going to completely destroy it. And Jonah goes, nope, ain't going. (laughs) Ain't going. There's no way I'm going. And so he gets on a boat that's going the other way. And he pays his fare and he gets on a boat. And they're out at sea. And here comes a storm, like a major, major storm. And they're to the point to where they're throwing off all their cargo. They're throwing off their, their, their possessions. They're throwing off their food and their water. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're actually even tying ropes around the boat to keep it together. Yeah. And then they get to the point to where they're, they're throwing dice to see whose fault it is. That this is going on. Yeah. And Jonah, guess where Jonah is? Down in the belly of the ship, sleeping. And the captain comes down and goes, Hey, what are you doing, man? Don't you, don't you know that we're about to die? He's, Oh, sorry, sorry about that. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, so that's when the lot that they, they call it casting lots, but they were like, it's pretty much, you know, drawing straws or throwing dice. Right. And the lot fell on Jonah. And it says that he had already, he had already told them that he was running away from his God. Mm-hmm. Now they, these people don't know God. Jonah does. Yeah. And they were like, well, who's your God? And he goes, well, he's the, <laughs> the maker of heaven and earth. <laughs> like he's the guy. 
He's the creator of all things. And they, they're filled with dread. And they go, well, what do we do? He says, well, I think the only thing that we can do to fix this situation is for you to throw me overboard. What? <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah. next thing you know, uh, they're like, no, nah, we're not. We're not throwing you overboard because then he's going to be mad at us. <laughs> and and he goes, no, nah, I'm telling you, you, you need to throw me overboard. So they pick him up and they fling him over the side and everything gets quiet. And there's what? what? So God provides a great fish to swallow up Jonah actually saving his life mm-hmm. so he's in the belly of this fish for three days and then the fish vomits him up spits him out onto the shore and you know Jonah has this great prayer in the belly of the beast mm-hmm. and he's praying to God going hey I messed up you know basically I don't think he was pleading. I think he was worshiping in his prayer. No matter what, you're God. Yeah. And I, I realized that I goofed up. So God spares his life. He goes to Nineveh. They repent. And Jonah gets mad because they repent, because he was wanting to see the, the destruction of the whole place. I think I, that's how it ends. It's kind of a weird ending. But yeah. So here's the sign of Jonah. That just like Jonah, Jesus was in the belly of the earth for three days. And then he rose. Yeah. Come on. So because of that, because of the resurrection, everything that Jesus said about himself and everything that he did was proven to be true. Because, uh, far as i know uh buddha joseph smith muhammad mm-hmm. um mao zedong they're all in the grave still yeah they they're yep. just in the grave still yeah there's only one that rose amen so that's the good news that when people hear that God uses that word, that truth, uh, to open people's ears. Yeah. And call them to himself. Come on. Come on. So good. And you know, when you when you really start to to think about it, like the Pharisees and the Sadducees, right? Like they're supposed to be the ones who understand scripture and know scripture the best. Like you have a question about scripture, you you, you go to the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they should know the answer. Um, now, there are a couple of philosophical differences between the two groups, but when it comes to the Old Testament and the scripture that they had, they should know it and understand it. And yet they're the ones, like you said, who miss everything that's happening in that moment, like in their day at that time. They're missing it. And... Then, you know, one of the things I think about, too, is some of the people today 
who know scripture the best, like who uh, who can probably memorize scripture as good as anybody and repeat scripture as good as anybody are atheists. They know this word right here, but they miss everything about Jesus. And they they use it as a way to challenge the the reality of God or who God is or who Jesus is. And it's it's crazy to think, you know, I mean, that happened even then with the Pharisees right here and, and with the Sadducees where they know scripture. They could probably repeat it back to you as good as anybody, but yet they're missing the living word standing right in front of them. Yep. And how often that happens today. Um, and, you know, there's so many things to just like like what Jesus is talking about here, then being able to tell, OK, you can you can decipher and, and determine what the weather is going to be like. Right. You trust that. But yet here Jesus is giving signs. I mean, for for how many months, weeks, years had he been giving signs at this point? And yet here's still the Pharisees don't don't believe him, right? How many times did the Pharisees say that, uh, you know, by him casting out demons, that was just what Beelzebub, like he was he was just casting out demons, you know, um, not by the power of God, but, you know, some other either false God or some, you know, demon. And it's just, Jesus time and time again gave signs, but yet no one believed them or not no one, but the Pharisees in general. And you still see that today where people are, are still looking for signs. We have God's word here, right here in front of us that we can open up, that we can read, that we can see and hear who God is and who Jesus is. But yet people still choose not to, not to believe. And then you have the greatest sign of all, just like you said, the only one who has ever risen and people still choose not to believe. Um, and it's, it's unfortunate that, you know, so many today still choose to ask and, and say, well, well, give me a sign. If God is real, if Jesus is real, then then having you know that then he should be able to turn this this rock into into bread right that he should be able to do some miracle so that everybody will just see and believe the thing is he's he's already done so many miracles and he's risen from the grave but yet people still choose to to not believe and still test god and say okay well if you're real then show me um and God day in and day out is is showing us, you know, who he is by just allowing us to have this breath in our lungs by the creation that is around us, by his word. Um, and just so many people kind of brush it off and uh, and they still, you know, question and doubt and say, ah, you know, I, I need a, a sign or a miracle. And, and you hear it all the time. Um, uh, extraordinary. I, I think I'm trying to remember exactly what it is. Um, cause I, I, I'm paraphrasing, but it's something like, 
you hear a lot of atheists um, and, and and people who will will say, well, if God is real and, and if if Jesus is real, then there should be evidence of it. And um, extraordinary yeah, it's called, it's called required. Empty tomb. That's what it's called. Yeah, exactly. And they they challenge it and they say extraordinary. Um, oh God, what is it? Extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence or something like that. Um, and it's like you have this evidence. It's right here. You have documented right writings and recordings of who Jesus is and who Jesus was even outside of the scripture like you have people of that time who have actually written about Jesus and you have so much so much more proof about Jesus and about his life and about even the resurrection than you do some other things that that we take as i guess as uh as legitimate throughout history like there's so much here but yet people still choose to believe in it's like well even if god gave a sign today what would it take would you even believe it or would you no, just would nah, there, there's no way there's no way now nah, that was something that you would you know a lot of people would would just write it off to being something else a coincidence right like oh no that's just a coincidence that so here, here's something interesting I just thought of when you were saying that. That is, all right, so even if God did something extraordinarily crazy, and you know, people still aren't going to believe. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the resurrection is the sign. It's yep. never going to change. That's the yep. sign, okay? Yep. But in Revelation, we read that there will be a sign from the enemy when the Antichrist who receives the mortal wound to his head rises again, then the whole world's going to follow him. Mm. How about that? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's the darnest thing how truth stands alone, Alex. It stands Mm. by itself. There is no friend to truth. It's on its own. Yeah. Everything that's anti-truth, is against truth. Yeah. Right. So basically Jesus just slips right into that, right into that. And he says, this is in verse five, when the disciples reached the other side, they had forgotten to bring bread. Like, oops, Mm -hmm. we forgot lunch. (laughs) Yeah. And Jesus says, watch out and beware of the leaven or yeast of the Mm -hmm. Pharisees and the Sadducees. So, what he's saying is, and in Mark, he says, the Pharisees and of Herod. All right. So, mm-hmm. so basically, scripture tells us that we have to be really, really concerned and watch out for and be ready for the teaching of false teachers and this world. Yeah. Right. In other words, the mindset that is anti-Christ, you have to be ready to to pinpoint what that is when you hear it. Dismiss it. And prove it wrong and point it out. Right. Paul, Mm -hmm. Paul didn't just say, hey, if you're if your pastor is a false teacher and you figure that out. 
then you need to leave. Uh, he, he said you need to expose false teachers. So how in the world do you, are you, what, what, first of all, what is yeast and what does it do? What is yeah. yeast? What is it? So a little bit of yeast, like a pinch, a pinch of yeast. If you drop it in this big thing of dough, you're going to make four or five loaves of bread, right? Mm. Get this little yeast, you drop it in and you knead it, knead it in. And that yeast is going to work itself through, it multiplies. Right? It eats yep. the sugar of the of the dough and it multiplies. And it works itself through the whole batch. Now, here's the thing. Where did this first happen? It happened at the edge of Israel, at the edge of the border of the promised land. After they had gotten out of Egypt, there's two million Jews. And they're mm -hmm. all at the border. And they sent the spies in, remember? Yeah. They, they sent two spies per tribe into the land to, to scope it out, to see what was going on. And then Caleb and Joshua came back and said, we got this. Yeah. You know, this is, a, this is an awesome place, one. And two, God says, we can take it. And all the other spies said, man, there's no way. I mean, we look like grasshoppers to them. These guys are giants. And, you mm -hmm. know, they're, they're so, uh, they're, they're, they're equipped militarily. Um, they, they're, there are too many of them. We're not, we wouldn't fair chance. And Joshua and Caleb were like, yeah, God said right. we could do this. God said we could do this. Come on. All right. Yeah. So where's the false teaching? Here it is. We can't do this because of what we see, mm. right? Yeah. What we, we, we just went through here, and we experienced this, this, and this. And we see this, this, and this. Therefore, there's no way we can do this. I don't care what God said. That's right. the false teaching. Yeah. And I'm telling you right now, mm. that yeast right there, that false teaching spread through the camp that whole entire night, and the next morning, they all rose up in unison and said, we want to go back to Egypt. Mm. That's what false teaching will do. Mm. It will yeah. make you, it will cause you to think that you need to put back on your grave clothes. That you need to be enslaved again. That you need to, to, to embrace even death. Yeah. False mm. teaching is, is a, is is seriously uh, dangerous. Yeah, ab absolutely. And that's a really good, I, I mean, that's a really good, like, picture and, and imagery of what false teaching and, and what, you know, that leaven and that yeast can do um, and how it can prevent you, just like it did for so many of those Israelites prevented them from stepping into the promise that God had for them. Yep. And, and, you know, I mean, we still face that today, um, you know, and in when you get to the crossroad and it's either a, you follow the word of God and you continue to believe 
in the promises of God and in the truth of God, or B, you follow the way of the world, it's wickedness, it's deceit, it's self-pleasure, and, and you know, <clears throat> it's one of those things where do you, do you, you've got two voices to listen to. And we've kind of talked about this before. You either listen to the voice of God, which will lead you to, to life, which will lead you to his promise and his truth and his security. Or you listen to the voice of the world, which is just going to lead you down a path of death and destruction um, and deceit. And it's going to mislead you. It's going to misguide you. It's not going to you know, give you what it promises. Um, because it, it just is, is nothing but the opposite of truth. It is full of deceit and lies. And, um, I mean, you look at it today and there's so much that seems straightforward, right? Seems very like just clear cut one plus one equals two, but then all of a sudden you have these these groups within the world that says, you know, one plus one doesn't equal two, one plus one equals 45. And then they start to grow. Right. And that, that yeast spreads. And then you've got a whole slew of people saying, you know what, one plus one does equal 45, but I think it also might equal 32. And, and then there's just this, you know, this mindset and, and now you've got people who are believing things that are absolutely not true and yep. are not are not the ways that God put in place for us to live. Um, and, and that's the thing too, like you can't, we can't expect people who don't believe in God to live the way that God calls them to live. Like that's like, it's, it's, just logical that okay someone who doesn't believe that the bible is real okay they you know maybe they don't want to follow what god calls us and, and how he calls us to live our lives as christians but yet it's up to us to continue being the light continue showing them what what blessing it is and how good it is to live the way that god calls us to and to live like christ and so, you know, as people are, are continuing to look for signs and they're continuing to ask for, hey, is God real? Is Jesus real? Like, what is this all about? Um, and as they continue looking for truth, because that's the thing, like every single one of us are looking for truth, whether we know it or not, or whether we like think of it in that sense, we are all looking for something that is true and that can carry us. And so it's up to us as Christians to show the world that the only thing that will ever last, the only thing that is 100% absolute true and unchanging is God and yep. his word and his truth and his promises. And so as we live out our lives, it's up, up to us to counteract the, the false teachings that people, you know, are believing um, and not just, you know, religious false teachings, but just the worldly thinking. Like it's a, it's our yep. calling and the way that we live our lives that can help them to see the truth. And that is Christ. Yep. 
So what's, what's the difference between the main difference between Jesus and the main religious leaders of all time, right? Mm. Um, Buddha, Confucius, um, Gandhi, um, and we can go on and on and on and on and on. Mm-hmm. What they basically said was, let me show you the way. Right? Yeah. Let me teach you the truth. <clears throat> let me show you the, the, the way to eternity. Right? Mm-hmm. So, what Jesus said, I am that. You know, I am the way I am the truth. I am the life. So if you look at the difference between the Pharisees and the Sadducees, basically, like you said earlier, they were pretty much sound in what they believed or, or congruent in what they believed, except the Sadducees did not believe in the resurrection. Yeah. Like the resurrection on the last day. Like remember when Martha, looks at Jesus says, well, I know he's going to be resurrected on the last day. And he goes, Martha, I am the resurrection. Mm, Come on. I mean, what? You know, so he's saying, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Don't get caught up in anything that's not true. Because I am the truth. And, And then he... And then they start talking amongst themselves. Hey, he's saying this because we forgot lunch. <laughs> and and yeah. he goes, he goes, you guys, you guys are killing Smalls. Yeah. He goes, oh, you of little faith. Why are you discussing amongst yourselves the fact that you didn't bring lunch? He actually says the fact that you have no bread. Mm-hmm. Do you not yet perceive? Don't you remember the five loaves for the 5,000 and how many baskets you gathered? Or or the seven loaves for the 4,000 and how many baskets you gathered? How is it that you fail to understand that I'm not speaking about bread? Beware of the fa- leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. What is that leaven? That Jesus is not the son of God. That he's mm-hmm. not God in flesh. That's the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. That's the leaven of the world. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Absolutely. So they then they understood that he did not tell them to beware of the leaven of bread, but of the teaching of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Mm. Right. Which which is look. Religious false teaching is much worse in my eyes is much worse than the world's false teaching. Like, mm. like, um, the the world would say, of course, Jesus isn't God in flesh, but they're not going to use the Bible to do it. Right, right. Okay, they're just going to say because it doesn't make sense. I mean, they may cherry pick a few verses here and there, but a, a false teacher in the church continuously uses the Bible to do it. Mm. Yeah. Right. And in a subtle, subtle, subtle way. Yeah. He would never a false teacher in the church, in my view, would never stay up, stand up and just blatantly say, 
Jesus is not who he said he was. Yeah. Right? He does it over a course of years. And that is... I'm sorry, go that, ahead. No, I was just going to say, and that in itself is is quite terrifying, you know, to to think as well, because just over time, it, you know, really sort of directs and steers people away from the truth and they may not even be aware of it. Um, And that in itself is why it's so important for, for us. Like we can't just rely on the, the pastors on Sunday in our churches to be the ones who lead us. Right. And, And who, you know, like teach us scripture. Like we need to be in, in God's word ourselves. We need to be doing that, you know, on our own because of the, of what you just, you know, mentioned is if the pastor in your church is the only one who ever like teaches you scripture, like if you never open God's word on your own and try to learn and your pastor is the one who's doing that, if your pastor is leading you in the wrong way, how will you ever know that it's the wrong way? Um, and so it's, that's why it's important for us to, you know, daily try to be in God's word and, and working to, to learn what we can and to understand so that we aren't misled and so that we aren't, you know, allowing the yeast to infiltrate what we think and what we believe and to, you know, distort and mess up our, uh, our, our thoughts and our beliefs about who Jesus is and about what God has promised us. So, you know, definitely be spending time reading God's word and letting the Holy spirit to guide you and to teach you as well. And listen to, to other pastors, listen to other, you know, other teachers, um, so that you can can be on guard against that use. Yep. So to 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 prove that we didn't just go off on some kind of weird tangent about the importance of who Jesus is, mm. the very next section of scripture in this passage talks about who Jesus is. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean that it does. It sure. check this out. So when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, um, who do people say that the son of man is? He, he, they knew he was talking about himself. Like, who, mm-hmm. who, do, who are people? What are people saying about me? What like who I am? And they said, well, some say John the Baptist. And others say Elijah. And others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets, even. And he said to them, but who do you? say that I am. And Simon Peter, the brash leader of the disciples, Mm -hmm. says, well, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. Now, this is very important right here. You ready? And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah. In other words, Simon's dad's name was Jonah. Yeah. Simon Barjona, for the flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Did you get that? Mm-hmm. Ba- let me let me paraphrase. You didn't come up with that on your own. My Father gave that to you. That's a nugget of truth that is 
far beyond anything you could have actually even thought about. I tell you that you're Peter, which which in, in Greek means rock, right? Yeah. You are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And he strictly charged the disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. Wow. So here, here's, here's what's going on here. So Jesus wants to have a conversation with his disciples on the nature of his identity. That's mm -hmm. what's going on. Right? So man's reasoning, he wants to know what people think. So this is man's reasoning. If he's doing all this stuff, if he's healing all these people and all this and all these words are coming out of his mouth and he's he is he is like shaming the, the Pharisees. Mm. How is this happening? Well, he's got to be either Elijah come back from the dead or he's got to be John the Baptist or he's got to be Jeremiah or some prophet of old. Now, keep in mind, it's been 400 years since the last prophet. Yep. And then comes John the Baptist, and then comes Jesus, right? But but Jesus kind of like goes a little bit deeper. He goes, all right, well, who do you say that I am? And, of course, Simon, the lead disciple, he knows. He says, well, you're the Christ. You're, you're the son of the living God. You're the anointed one. Um, and John, if you, if you go to John 1 and read 1 through 5, you will see that Jesus is fully God and fully man. And he has no beginning. Yeah. That everything was created for and by him and through him. Come on. He's the word. Remember, yeah. God said, let there be light. Well, Jesus is the word of God. The word yeah. became flesh. All right. So Jesus says that the source of Peter's knowledge comes from the father. And then he changes his name to, to the rock, to Peter. So here's, here's a, fundamental difference between Catholicism and uh, modern Christianity. All right. Or Protestantism. I'm sorry. So here's the fundamental difference between Catholicism and Protestantism. At this point, um, there was a divide. Like, like Martin Luther saw this and he went, oh my gosh. I got to go tell the Pope about this. <laughs> and the Pope <laughs> said, hey, if you don't shut up, I'm going to kill you. Right? So, yeah, right? so here's the thing. There's two ways to interpret what's going on right here. Either Peter's the rock, and, and, and Jesus is going to build his church upon Peter. Therefore, Peter is the first Pope, and there has to be successors after him, because that's what Jesus said. Mm. or the rock is actually what Peter said. You are the right. son of God. You are yes. God in flesh. That's the rock. That's yes. what the church is built on. That truth. Look, you, you know why it's not built on Peter? You know why? Jesus has already told us why. Because, Peter, you didn't come up with that. Yep. Come on. <laughs> if Peter could come up with that on his own, yeah, I guess the church could be built on it. 
Yep. But he didn't come up with that. Nobody comes up with that. Mm. God gives you that. When you see the day you see that Jesus is who he says he is, everything changes forever. Amen. Absolutely. Forever. Yep. You come out of your grave and God says, take the grave clothes off of him. Put my son's robe on him. What? <clears throat> like that? that's the prodigal son coming home, man. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. So. Yeah. So he, he also says that the gates of hell will not prevail against that. that um, all right. So the rock that Jesus is who he says he is. When that when that built, my wife just said Wayne Johnson. That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The rock, the church wasn't built on him. So, so, all right, look. Jesus said the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. So, A, the church was built on the fact that Jesus is God in flesh and that he was crucified, was buried, and rose again, Amen. right, to uh -huh. build his church. Yeah. Now, what can come against the church? A lot of stuff, even today. You know, the, the church globally is, is very persecuted. But she's going to win. Because that's who Jesus gave his life up for. Look up Ephesians 5.25. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loves the church and gave himself up for her. Mm, amen. Right? Yeah. So the, the the gates represent like a stronghold. That's the stronghold that protects something. If you bar if you break down the gates, it's done. You're you're infiltrated. Right? Yeah. Now, yeast may go through a church untruths and lies may tear a church apart i've been through a church split when i was younger it was it was the worst thing it's almost like a divorce it's almost like a death yeah but in the long haul there's nothing nothing is gonna destroy the church you, you it can't happen it's not gonna mm -hmm. happen all right yeah. sometimes it might feel like it's happening but it's not gonna happen okay um so the power of the resurrection has defeated death. So the same spirit who raised Jesus to life, the same one who seals and protects the church, period. So he also mentions the keys, the keys of the kingdom. Well, Peter was just given a key, a key. I am who I say I am. So in the same way in Christianity, we don't do things on our own. It's all God. We do what he says. We follow his, his, his commandments. Right? So, let me give you an example of kingdom keys. Right? And it ain't speaking in tongues. Yeah. Come on. Um, believe me, I've been in that church. That's what I used to believe. So, example of kingdom keys. Here you go. When the Father opens the ears and eyes of the spiritually deaf and blind. Another key, believing and understanding that Scripture comes from God and understanding mm -hmm. what it means. I mean, dude, I've, I've 
I've been pondering over a verse for 30 years. And the next thing you know, I go, oh, oh. I mean, you know, <laughs> that's a key. Yeah. So he also mentions binding and loosening. Which is very interesting. So. All right. This is this is a power of forbidding to be done and permitting to be done. OK, this doesn't mean that that we get to do what we want to do and whatever we say, like. <laughs> We don't have power in our words. The word is power. The God is power. Mm. Like we can't speak things into existence. The only person can do that is God Almighty. That ain't us. All right. So, so we do on earth whatever God has decreed. His hands aren't tied, Alex. He's not waiting on us to have enough faith or to pray the right prayers. Right. That's not that's not what he's talking about here. The church's job is not to get man's will accomplished in heaven, but God's will accomplished on earth by making disciples. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, our job is not to bring the kingdom of heaven down to earth. That's already happened. Our job is to make disciples. Mm-hmm. And go, go, make disciples. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, in, in this here, like you said, there's, I, I mean, these from verse 17 to, to verse 20, I mean, we could, we could talk on for an entire episode and, you know, discuss how, um, from like you mentioned Catholicism and, and what Protestant, you know, beliefs are and how they diverge here and, and where the, the differences are. But the, the truth of the matter is that Jesus is the Messiah, the son of the living God. And that is the rock for which the church itself uh, is built on. And, and this is like the first mention of the church. Um in the New Testament and, and pretty much within the, the Bible, this is the point at which the church begins and is established that Jesus is, is letting Peter and the disciples know like the church is his body and that, and what is to come, which we see, you know, um, recorded in acts when the church actually begins to grow and, and, uh, and spread yep. itself. <clears throat> and so, you know, this is a, a huge moment for where we are today, like as Christians, what we believe in and um, how we, you know, gather together as one body, as the body of believers that follow Christ, that is, you know, part of the church, not just a church building that sits on the corner of a street, but rather the church that is around the world. Um that is not, you know, separated by walls, but rather that is unified by this belief in who Jesus is, that he is who he says he is, and that he is risen and alive today, and that he is coming back. Yep. Um, and, and that's what, 
you know, that's what we believe. And that's what as as Christians, you know, you talk about like we're called to to make disciples. It's for us to to live out the truth of who Jesus is and to share that truth and the good news with others. Um, and, and I'm excited and I'm thankful that we have the opportunity to do that, you know, through these podcast episodes uh through the ministry that god opens doors for and allows us to be a part of and you know through just what he has planned and what he um does through hope rising ministries and i'm very thankful that we get and humbled that we get to be part of that yeah and so if, if you're listening today and you've come to realize that Jesus is who he says he is, um, or you have questions about exactly who Jesus is, and you want to know more about that. Maybe this is the first time that you've really begin to consider that, okay, what Jesus says might be true, or maybe there is something here for me to find and discover. Um, we would love to hear from you. We would love to help you and talk with you through that. Uh, you can email us at info at hoperisingministries.cc, or if you're on Facebook, you can find us at Hope Rising Ministries SC. Uh, reach out to us. Get in touch with us. We would love to answer any questions you might have. If you have thoughts, comments, or feedback from this episode or any other one, we would love to hear from, hear from you about that as well. And um, and, and we just want to help you to, to be able to understand what it is that, that Scripture says to the extent that we know. Um, not saying we know everything and have all the answers, but we want to help you as best that we can. Um, and, and maybe you're wanting to get plugged into a church where you live. So we'd love to be able to help you get connected to a body of believers, Christians, um, and, and get plugged into somewhere that can really help you to understand and start to unpack God's truth and his promises in his word. Yep. Um, so please reach out to us. Uh, and we'd love to hear from you. And as always, Trey, thank you so much for, for being here this morning and for, for sharing. Always yeah. appreciated, and uh, I get encouraged from it myself. Hey, I got, I got one thing that I want to I say before we get out of here, okay, Alex? Um, yes. Yeah. I, want, I want anybody who's listening um, who, who um, is a Catholic, um, I just want you to know that uh, I was not uh, speaking against any of my Catholic brothers and sisters at all um just the teaching of the catholic church when it comes to that particular part of scripture so Mm -hmm. so i just want to say that and um and uh, that i love everybody and please get in touch and peace out peoples all right have a good one can't wait to see you again next week